so I'm Rachel Anstock. I'm currently the um, head of Zurich's Credit and Political Risk Operations in London, uh, which is part of the global credit and political risk operation that Zurich runs across four regions of the world, uh, London, continental Europe, uh, Asia Pacific and the US. Okay, and I think on that note it's quite timely. So um, what are your most active regions and sectors currently? Okay, so the, the business um, in terms of largest premium volumes, which is how it works, is, is equally split between um, the UK um, and the US. Very different business profiles. I would say that our London um, business is, it, um, is to a wholesale model primarily. London is the centre of the PRI uh, business from a broker perspective and we work in London exclusively through brokers who bring a lot of non-UK business to us. Um, the US has a different profile, a lot more direct business with, with, with leading agencies, a lot of growth in our Asia-Pacific area as well. I think that's um, in line with other, uh, with other insurers and the market developing there generally. Can you provide a quick overview of your product suites and what innovation and innovations you have in the pipeline? So our product suites primarily, again I'm going to talk about London because that's what I, I know best, we largely are offering non-payment insurance. Um, which is pretty binary, either you're paid or you're not, and the idea should be if you are not paid, the, the, product, the policy should, should respond. In terms of product innovation, there's two key um, two themes I would see. There's the wording and actual um, regulatory um, developments, which I think we've, we've talked a lot about here today, but then also there's the technological um, developments, which is where I'm, I, I suddenly realised that I'm now near the end of my career than the beginning, um, what blockchain um, can offer um, in terms of um, straightforward trade finance, the ability to link a, um, a financier with their customer and the insurance capacity over, over a single platform. We're not there yet, but it's definitely the way the market's going, giving a clear and easy interface, um, matching capacity. Um, to, to demand on a, on a one-click basis. It's sort of the holy grail at the moment, a lot of talk about it, and I know we need to catch up with what actually the financiers are doing and some of the system providers, but that, for me, is one of the biggest innovations that's coming. Okay, and in terms of any other opportunities in the market, is there anything else you're seeing? Well, there's a massive development in terms of the type of transaction that our financial institution clients are, are bringing to us. So we've always been trade insurers, trade-related, be that on sovereign non-payment or um, credit. The whole non-trade, a massive catch-all, has, has developed so strongly in the market. I have to say we were a bit late to the party at Zurich. We're hoping we're joining now. Um, but you, the things that are coming across our desks on a daily basis is, is, is constantly changing. So we're seeing real estate transaction, we're seeing project finance, we're seeing leverage buyout type transactions, we're seeing swaps, we're seeing all sorts of things not necessarily writing them, and certainly at Zurich we're taking a very cautious approach um, on that area, but that, that has been the massive change um, over the last couple of years in, in, in what's coming through. And I think this is ties in quite nicely, so how can you educate the trade finance community about the private market and these you know, um, educate Educating not just the trade finance community but the regulatory community about, about the private market is a massive challenge right now. We have a number of, of uh, luckily quite a large number of customers who really know what our product does. And a lot of the people are here today in the room, banks who have started out using um, maybe short-term credit insurance for their receivables, maybe classic export finance, and have been able to expand usage of, of the product from, a, from primarily from an RWA basis, but also portfolio transfer. They 
they know what they're doing, they can communicate. But where we've realized is that we don't represent ourselves strongly enough as a cohesive market. Um, the PRA consultation paper this year really focused our minds on that and the industry mobilised itself very strongly through the different organisations, through the LMA, uh, not the loan market, so the Lloyd, um, the IUA, ICESA, the Burn Union, to present a very much a single position or, or a consistent position might be a better way of describing it on, on how our market works. We need to take that initiative and take it forward and there, there was some strong there's some strong movement on that and, um, in terms of using those organizations so we be, there's a clear reference point we have data that's consistent we can show the value that private credit insurance is giving um, to the financial system as a whole because we're definitely our voice isn't heard strongly enough at the moment how far off is a standardized approach to loan documentation everyone talks about this <laughs> but, uh... how long's a piece of string yeah. um, it's going to take a bit of a bit of a brave approach. <laughs> Listening to people talking about this, I'm hearing, I mean, maybe first heard it sort of a couple of years ago and thought, well, why would we do that? That, that, you know, we can differentiate, but differentiate is, differentiation is not what's needed here. We need something that is shown to work that is acceptable. I don't know. I think it's probably nearer than maybe we, we think. It's going to take a, somebody to drive it forward and again, maybe part of this regulatory um, cohesion strategy that we're trying to put together, it will come of it. And then getting everyone to agree will be, yeah, maybe like herding the proverbial cats, but let's see. Um, in terms of ECAs, do you think um, they step on the toes of the private market? Or, I mean, often there's a talk of sort of um, collaborating or competing, but yeah. uh, really there is a, you know, in terms of cost of debt and there's a lot of uh, undercutting, isn't there? Well, I think the, the, the issue is that the ECA model is so well established and it works for so many banks who are comfortable with it. They, it's sovereign. It's sovereign they, the substitution method with an ECA just works brilliantly. And, and the regulatory changes potentially reinforce that, which is, which is concerning. Um, the private market will expand and contract because our, our, you know, we are private companies who ultimately have to return a profit to our shareholders to continue to exist. And ECA's role is entirely different. It's to support national industry. So if you think about you know, the, la the last big commodity crisis, maybe Euler Hermes in Germany really stepped in and provided capacity when um, the private market couldn't. And whilst I don't want to talk down the private market, that's obviously a role, you know, if the losses are happening, we can't continue to underwrite losses because then we make losses and then we won't con we, we can collaborate. There are definitely instances where the ECA, some of the, the massive flexibility that some of the ECAs is showing right now are challenging. Um, as national content rules maybe change or maybe not respected. Maybe I didn't say that. Um, it is a, it's a tough one because we both need to exist to provide the support that, that exporters need, which is very important in the UK right now. But we can, we do, co we do exist. At times, we can bash against each other rather than working together. How we get around that one again, I'm not really sure. You know, Zurich's a member of the Bern Union. We have those, we have those um, uh, forum to, to speak through. Mm, challenging. Because <laughs> I mean, often people talk about the industry and being very complex, you know, and how you know, yeah. these application procedures and yeah. not knowing where to go or actually. Uh, we are more. We can, we can be much more simple to deal yeah. with than the ECAs.
we, we, de we, we definitely are, but I mean, the, the, the back end of that is now more and more of the ECAs are coming to the private market for, for reinsurance, reinsurance, potentially even on a treaty basis. A couple mm. of the, the, the European reinsurers are looking at treaties. Mm. Um, rather than undefinite, um, most definitely on a, on a fact basis, we're, mm. do, we're doing that all the time. Um, so it's again maybe educating to some of the, the financial institutions who still would always rather go with an ECA than, than the private market. And in many instances, the private insurers are better rated than some of the ECAs. Obviously, not your, 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 main, your leading A's, ones, yeah. B3 players, but some of them. You know, I work for an organisation that has a double A minus rating. And that, there aren't many ECAs out there with double mm. A minus ratings. But then again, I'm not going to give them 15 years cover in Ukraine yeah. because I don't have a national interest to protect. So it's finding those niches and respecting, uh, or those, those areas and respecting those boundaries, I think, which is the challenge for us.